in the message in verse 26 of, and verse 28 of Genesis 1, God gives, tells the humans to take charge, or other translations say have dominion. It's, he gives humans dominion in the beginning as an expression of his image in them. And the humans forgot, as we forget, since we are humans also, that we are under, that we are under his dominion. When we forget, this corrupts the image of God in us and our dominion over creation. God's enemy has sown lies of fear and pride in the hearts of God's children, provoking them to disobey, propagating the, the lies through word and action to poison all people and generations. In another chapter, we'll see how the serpent seduced the woman to disobey God's one command and how the man failed to rescue or take responsibility, neither one trusting God, believing the lie, you shall not surely die. In Genesis 4, we have brother killing brother. Cain killed Abel out of jealousy, out of anger with not being accepted the way he was. In, uh, we go on. There are many, many examples in Scripture, but we go on to 2 Samuel. The king, David, puts his servant Uriah to death so he can have his servant's wife, Bathsheba, for his own and hide the fact that he'd already had her. So the lies give rise to coveting, cruelty, betrayal, and failing to ask God for what we need. And I'm sure we do not need to strain ourselves to think of many other examples in scripture, literature, in the daily news, in our lives, of home, family, work, community, and in our very selves. If we take the time to reflect, we see that there are consequences for these failures to exercise dominion under God's proper authority. Adam and Eve experienced banishment from the garden. Cain experienced banishment from the community. David experienced an unleashing of assault, violence, murder within his family. If our hearts have not been so numbed and hardened through the enormity of evil around us and in us, then we grieve for the ongoing evil, ongoing evil fruit from the enemy's lies that taught us that God will not come through for you and God does not have your best interests at heart. Therefore, you better do what you think is best. Because of these lies, people, I'm sure not you, but others, me, other Christians even, are moved to evil thoughts and evil actions resulting in death, destruction, theft, lies, 
and violence. After the humans sinned in the garden and before they were banished, the Lord told the serpent that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the seed of the serpent. The banishment from the garden, therefore, was not the end of God's love for his children. It was an expression of his love to prevent them from action that would have, would have even more evil consequences, eating from the tree of life. The promise of the bruising head in God's people came to be understood <clears throat> as a promise of a coming anointed one, Messiah, who would put everything right, vanquishing evil. This expectation is reflected throughout the Old Testament. Sadly, but not surprisingly, the expectation of Messiah also came to be distorted over the years. The lies of the enemy even marred the expectation of the fulfillment of God's promise. People had come to view so much us and them uh, that they were filled with hatred, fear, jealousy, and pride. And it infected the expectation of the Messiah that they thought Messiah would kill everybody they don't like and make them rulers instead. This false expectation is distinctly different from the human dominion God proclaimed in Genesis. They were meant to rule under the rulership of God. They were meant to take responsibility for all that were under their care. But that was all or mostly forgotten over the years. Again, as we have copious example in the Old Testament and in life today. When Messiah came, he did not fulfill the expectations for the expected Messiah. The anointed one was not recognized to be who he was. He was rejected because he didn't do what they wanted him to do. And they thought he was going to cause them harm. The Lord knew it would be that way. He planned his plan of salvation with this in mind. The true anointed one of God, without sin or deceit, allowed himself to be put to death as a criminal so that everyone else's sin, including all separation from God, could be put on him. The purpose was so that man's rightful dominion over creation under God could be reestablished as we see in the Great Commission. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This authority, this dominion, an expression of the image of God, which we distorted almost beyond recognition, has been restored to the Son of Man, the one who came and did the entire and complete will of the Father. When we accept and believe he is who he says he is, 
we become his and he enters us. All our past, present, and future failures do not change that. God is not in bondage to our failures. We do not become his because we have obeyed a set of rules. We become his because we believe. I invite any within the sound of my voice who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus to do so now. If you have in the past but find yourself have strayed, lost your way, allowed your heart to turn cold, put your faith and trust in Jesus and he will bring you back. He will restore you. It all requires us to be humble enough to ask him for help and trust him enough that he will help. So what did Jesus do with this authority? He gives his followers a job to do. And his followers includes not only those 11, but all those who have come to believe in him since then. It is a job that requires us to trust and rely on him because it is too big for us to do by ourselves. It is a job that our old nature opposes. Our old nature distracts us from, continu from continually renewing ourselves in God and in his word. It distracts us to think only of ourselves and our fears about what is going to happen to us. In the story, Les Miserables, by Victor Hugo, the main <coughs> character, Jean Valjean, faced this struggle many times. He was a prisoner, a convict, and he escaped or was released. He came to faith through the bishop, who showed him grace and mercy. He came to a town under an assumed name because he was a convict. God gave him a creative idea, and he used that idea to become highly successful in this community. And he became wealthy, and the community became wealthy. After several years, he heard that someone that was supposed to be Jean Valjean had been captured and was to be tried for escaping and for crimes committed. And the, uh, and the result, the sentence would be life or capital. And Jean Valjean, now a believer, had to say to himself and ask, what am I going to do about this? Am I going to let this man suffer for me or am I going to stand up and say who I am? Our old nature does not want to do the right thing when we think that that thing will bring us harm. What did Jesus tell his disciples? What was the job he gave them as an exercise of his authority? He told them to make, disciple, make disciples, to baptize them, and to teach them to obey his teachings. How do we make disciples? Sometimes we have opportunity 
to use words of testimony or even exhortation. But mostly, we make disciples by the way we live our lives, by obeying his teachings in our lives. We can do the right when it hurts. We can pass over offenses. We can take our fears and troubles to God. We can refrain from speaking evil of other people. We can refrain from speaking lies or deceits to get our way. We can turn to God instead of fear when we hear scary things on the news. We can refrain from adopting an us-them attitude with respect to politics or public policy or any other human relationship. We can refrain from ridicule of those with whom we disagree. We can use the influence we have in this world for good. If we see someone mistreated before our eyes, we can intervene on behalf of the oppressed. We can use our resources on behalf of the hungry and the homeless. We can work for racial justice by having just attitudes and by standing in public for racial justice. When white and black people stand up together in public for racial justice, it sends a message. Now the book of Isaiah says all this a little bit differently, but very nicely. And I'm reading from the message again. Shout a full-throated shout. Hold nothing back. A trumpet blast shout. Tell my people what's wrong with their lives. Face my family Jacob with their sins. They're busy, busy, busy at worship and love studying all about me. To all appearances, they're a nation of right-living people, law-abiding, God-honoring. They ask me, what's the right thing to do? And love having me on their side. But they also complain. Why do we fast and you don't look our way? Why do we humble ourselves and you don't even notice? Well, here's why. The bottom line on your fast days is profit. You drive your employees much too hard. You fast, but at the same time, you bicker and fight. You fast, but you swing a mean fist. The kind of fasting you do won't get your prayers off the ground. Do you think this is the kind of fast I'm after? A day to show off humility? To put on a pious face? and parade around solemnly in black? Do you call that fasting? A fast day that I, God, would like? This is the kind of fast I'm after, to break the chains of injustice, get rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering, ill-clad, being available to your own families. Do this, and the lights will turn on, and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help, and I'll say, here I am. If you get rid of unfair practices, 
quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew, rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate Make the community livable again. If you watch your step on the Sabbath and don't use my holy day for personal advantage, if you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy, God's holy day as a celebration, if you honor it by refusing business as usual, making money, running here and there, then you'll be free to enjoy God. Oh, I'll make you ride high and soar above it all. I'll make you feast on the inheritance of your ancestor Jacob. Yes, God says so. We can make disciples by exercising the dominion we have been given to live lives of grace, mercy, and justice as Christians before the eyes of the world. God helping us. God bless you all. Amen.